Hello everybody and welcome back to our series on Power Through Kingdom Emotions. This is lesson number six, which brings us to the halfway point in this course. I'm really excited about this lesson. Uh, If you read the title and the caption that I put with this, you know that today we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, If there is one thing that gets me excited, it is talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I format this lesson just a little bit differently Um, And we'll talk about that as we take our first step into this lesson. Uh, You'll see that we're kind of going to go at it backwards from what we typically do. And I'll explain the reasoning for that uh, as we go. So uh, just fasten your seatbelts, but be ready for uh, the Spirit of God to just start speaking to you. Uh, My prayer, and and, and we're going to pray this here together in just a minute, but my prayer is that you are going to take away from this lesson something that is going to change your life, okay? And I, I mean that with all sincerity of heart. I want you to take something away from this lesson that will absolutely change your life, not only spiritually, but physically. So let's open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we do come before you, and we thank you, Lord God, Uh, for this day and time that we've come together. We thank you, Lord God, that we can set apart the time just to come and uh, be with one another as we hear about you, as we read into your word. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would uh, just unlock ears, Lord God, make hearts receptive, bless my lips, anoint them, Lord God, that I would speak what you want me to speak, Lord God, and that these people would hear the words of your Holy Spirit. Father, that they would hear my voice, but Father, that that they're not my words that are speaking to them, but Father, that these are your words that are speaking. Father, that they would only uh, hear my voice as the vessel that carries your word into their hearts. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for a spirit of change to fall. I pray right now, Lord God, that before we even begin, that, that these people are going to take this lesson with expectation, Lord God, to meet with you and to understand that it is by the power of the Holy Ghost that all things come to pass. Father, that the sun rises and falls by the power of the Holy Spirit, that the moon rises and sets by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just outpour and unleash your spirit as we talk about this today. Father, I'm excited. Come down and be among us as we talk about how powerful you are. And it is in the name of Jesus Christ Most High that all God's children said, Amen. So we're going to start backwards. Like I said, usually we like to close with scripture. uh, But for this particular lesson, I want to open with the scripture. So if you're uh, turning in your Bible, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians and go to chapter 3, okay? Uh, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and I am sitting here looking at this thinking, why does this not make sense to me? Because I'm in 1 Corinthians. So go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and um, the verse is going to be verse 18. And when we're looking at this particular passage of scripture, we look at the entire chapter 
and if your Bible is subtitled by chapter or by passage, the passage title here is Ministers of the New Testament. Okay, um, I don't want to take the time to read the entire chapter, but I want to encourage you to read the entire chapter. This is the scripture that I want to start with, 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Okay? Um, that's, that's a lot of language to kind of get a grip on. Um, there's, there's some power to that verse. But we want to take it apart for just a moment. And I, I want to spend just a few minutes of this lesson really looking at what this verse is telling us. With open face, beholding as in a glass. That means we, we look like we're looking in a mirror, okay? So you're looking in a mirror, and you're looking for the glory of the Lord. And when you look for the glory of the Lord, what happens? You're changed. And, and Paul writes, you're changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So th- I wanted to start with this so that, so that we walk into this lesson with the understanding that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is um, the one that we're going to give credit for change in life. Okay, uh, if, if you received Jesus and you were what I consider radically converted, uh, which means you went from the absolute epitome of life living for hell, and you went to an altar and you met Jesus and you turned your back on sin once and for all, and 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 your life just completely cleaned up. If you went through that experience of, a, of what's considered a radical conversion, you have no doubt in your mind the power of the Holy Spirit because you walked away from, from your encounter with God understanding that you used to be an addict and you no longer long for that thing which you were addicted to. Because Jesus Christ took that addiction from you and filled it, filled the void tenfold with his Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, If you happened to have been an alcoholic and you were radically converted, then you understand the power of the Holy Spirit because you no longer thirst for alcohol, but you thirst for the new wine of the Holy Spirit and his infilling. Now, when you look at, and, and, and it's not just for those of us who have been radically converted, even those of us who have gone through what we consider a, I guess for lack of better term, standardized conversion, meaning I wasn't necessarily um, living like mass chaos, but I was still lost 
and then and then I found Jesus. And I, I came to Jesus wanting him to make something new out of me. And I've walked with him for 18, 19, some of you 25, some of you 35, 50 plus years. Okay? You, you have, you've watched something happen in your life all along and you've witnessed the power of the Holy Spirit. You're looking in the glass for the glory of the Lord with an open face. That means you're not veiled. You, there, there's nothing blocking you. You're looking for the glory of the Lord in glass. You are changed into the same image from glory to glory. You're made in the image of God. Amen. Genesis 1, uh, 26. Let us make man in our image. And according to the likeness of God, he created man. Amen. So we are made in that image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. This is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, ladies and gentlemen. And this is what we're going to talk about today. There are some words that we have to get a grip on to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and I'll be very honest with you. Um, I've walked with the Lord for 19 years, and this was fresh information to me. And, and when I took this course for myself, and I got a hold of this information, I mean to tell you, I got excited. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, that you are going to get excited as you hear this. The word is compassion. All right? Uh, compassion is a really unique thing. Why? Well, because A, we're, we're supposed to be compassionate people, right? As, as Christians, we're supposed to be compassionate people. We're supposed to be uh, the example of, of, of what Christ was like. And we believe that Christ was compassionate, amen, because, because Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. And that's an act of compassion. Uh, if you've experienced compassion, you know that it's not a continuous thing, uh, but rather kind of like waves crashing on the ocean shore. You see a big, you, you'll see a great big wave and it's forming uh, way far out. And, and as it comes closer and closer to the shore, sometimes it grows and it'll get that white cap over it. And then it hits the sandbank and just goosh. And, and you know the sound that that wave is going to make. And you know that if you're standing too close to the crashing zone, that that wave could potentially be powerful enough to knock you into the water. Right? That's what compassion is like. It's not around continuously, but it comes in these waves. And, and so compassion is considered a spiritual carrier wave, all right? Uh, if you look at the life of Jesus, I, I personally believe that Jesus um, was always compassionate. But that's not to say that compassion was 
continuously present, but that he was always compassionate and that he was always receptive to the wave of compassion. We read about about uh, Jesus' ministry. I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but I'm going to go with it. Um, we, we read about the ministry of Jesus and how he touched the lives of people. And when Jesus acted in a way that would touch someone's life, that was, that was a result of the wave of compassion. Jesus walked in the crashing zone is what I mean to tell you, okay? When I say that Jesus was always compassionate, um, I mean to tell you that I believe if, if, if the life of Christ was portrayed on a beach, I believe that Jesus always walked in the crashing zone of the waves so that when the wave of compassion came, it hit and he responded to it. Amen. There is a word uh, written in the Greek that expresses Jesus' deep love. Okay, We see this word for the first time uh, in, in the New Testament, of course, as it's a Greek word. And the word is splanka, S-P-L-A-N-K-A, splanka. This is a really unique word. Reason being, it, it, it's translated as, as an expression of Jesus' deep love, okay? Which we can assume is compassion. But compassion is actually a non-existent word in what's considered the Septuagint, which is the New Test, the Old Testament, excuse me, uh, that was written in the Greek. Okay. So if if compassion is non-existent in the Greek Old Testament, the Septuagint, that means that where this word splanka first comes about, which is in the Gospels. That means that the gospel writers created a new word to express the driving force that drove Jesus to perform his miracles. They, they, they saw that he was moved by something, but they, couldn't, they, they had no word to say, this is what moved him. Love wasn't strong enough to say love is what moved Jesus. So they create this word that means this deep, intense love, splanka. Compassion is what, jo- is what drove Jesus. All right? There's four truths about compassion that I think we have to really understand uh, as, as children of God. Compassion, first and foremost, motivated all of Jesus' ministry, okay? Where I said I was getting ahead of myself, it's because I kind of gave that away. In, in, in reading all of Jesus' time in ministry, you see that he acted out of compassion, okay? Uh, if, if you go and you read the story of the 5,000 fed, um, you know, with, with just a little bit of bread and just a little bit of fish, and Jesus said, you know what? These people are hungry. They need something. It it says that Jesus was so moved by what? By compassion that he made these things happen. 
Jesus, uh, when, when he, when he performed any miracle, you read, you read the backstory to the miracle and you see that Jesus was driven by compassion. Okay. Uh, think, think for a moment about the woman with the issue of blood, a miracle that, that Jesus didn't, I guess I would not say he didn't, he didn't outright perform this miracle. It was sought out, okay? But still Jesus acted by compassion, all right? This woman with the issue of blood knew, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. And so she pressed through the crowd and she caught just the hem of his garment. And in the moment that she touched the hem of his garment, by faith, she received a miracle and Jesus felt the power go out of him is what the scripture says and and she was trembling when he turned around and said who touched me and and in that moment who touched me in that moment she was she was fearful she was afraid oh no why why would she why would she seem afraid well, she would seem afraid because she just reached out and she touched him. And he turned around and had compassion. Amen. He turned around and 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 he said it's it's okay. You know, uh Jesus didn't revoke the miracle. He just wanted to know who touched him so that he could have compassion on her. Amen? When we look at any miracle, we see compassion. You look at what I consider to be the miracle of death on a cross. That's driven by compassion. You look at you look at raising Lazarus from the dead, driven by what? Compassion. You look, at, you look at the fact that Jesus was laid in a tomb, and three days later, the stone was rolled away. Compassion. Compassion. And, and I hope that this is really sinking in. Okay, uh, look, look again. Look at another miracle. I'm, I'm going to keep giving examples until the Lord tells me to stop it. Um, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Jesus. He, he walks around uh, and, and he sees a leper that came and worshipped. said, Lord, if thou will, make me clean. Jesus said, yes, I will. Be clean. And Jesus said, don't tell anybody. But go your way. Why? Jesus Jesus didn't have to tell that leper. Be made clean. Jesus could have told that leper, get away from me. I'm not supposed to be near you. 
But Jesus had compassion and said, I will, so be clean. A centurion, he came and said, Lord, my servant is sick. Jesus said, I'll come and I'll heal him. You see, these things prove the compassion that, that Jesus walked in. I, would, I wouldn't say that Jesus possessed, but that Jesus walked in. They motivated all of Jesus' ministry. Another truth about compassion, it's like waves in the ocean. That's what we talked about with, with it being a spiritual carrier wave like waves in the ocean of what is God's love. Just like compassion moved Jesus, compassion moves us to action. When we see somebody hungry and we feed them. Yeah, that's right. That sounds familiar. Jesus said, what you do unto the least of these. You saw me hungry and you fed me. You saw me without clothes and you clothed me. It's these things that drive us. And and maybe you've had a hard time throughout your life putting a word to it, to, to define it. But folks, it's compassion. And compassion, if there is one truth that I need you to take away from this lesson today, compassion is a work of the Holy Spirit. Compassion doesn't, doesn't just come as, as part of life. Compassion is a work of the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit's presence in your life, you will lack compassion. Look, for example, and this is, this is not to bash anyone, this is not to speak ill of anyone, but, but just look at the average unbeliever and you can clearly see that they're not driven by compassion. But most Christians... Who, who walk with God and seek Him are driven by something. They want to feed the hungry. They want to clothe those without clothes. They want to take care of the widows and the orphans. They want to go the extra mile. It is truly a work of the Holy Spirit. And, and folks, as, as we... Um, start to wind this lesson down, this is what I want you to take away. I want you to take away that without compassion, what do you have? That's that's my question to you today. Without compassion, what do you have? And you know what? I know that that is a hard question to answer. Because what you're going to do is you're going you're gonna to sit back and you're going to start to think through some things. And, and you're going to look and say, mm, I don't know. What do I have? And, and, and you'll start to, maybe you'll start to look and, and you say, well, I guess love, love comes from God. God is love is, is exactly what the scripture teaches us. So I, can I say that I have love? 
if I'm not motivated by compassion? Can I say that I have any kind of peace if I don't have compassion? When you read in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 26, the Passover meal, do you hear the compassion that, that is in Jesus' voice? When, when he says to them, take, eat, this is my body. Drink this cup. This is the new covenant in my blood. Do you hear the compassion in his voice? When Jesus stepped out of the boat and calmed the sea, could you hear the compassion in his voice when he said, Peace, be still. When you read the crucifixion and you you read... That, that Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which translates, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Or can otherwise be translated, My God, my God, it is for this that thou hast strengthened me. Can you hear? Hallelujah. I can feel the presence of the Holy Ghost right now. Can you hear the compassion in, in the voice of Jesus? As he cried out in one word, Tetalistai, it is finished. It's paid in full. When Jesus gives the commission to the disciples, and he says, Go ye therefore in all the nations, teaching, baptizing, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Teach them to observe all the things whatsoever I have commanded you, and what? Hallelujah. This is, this is where I feel the compassion. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Do you feel the compassion in the words of Jesus? Folks, if, if you're praying through something right now, I want you to know this. Compassion is the driving force in a miracle. And maybe you're maybe you're sitting back and you say, "But Eric, I I, I I'm praying with compassion." Remember, we we talked about faith in lesson five, and we we agree we defined it as agreeing with God's intention to perform a miracle. We can agree with God's intention. We can be driven by by a lot of things. But in order to see the miracle, we have to be driven by compassion. That's what drove Jesus. And Jesus, where is Jesus? I hope you're saying he's in me. That's the answer I'm looking for today. I hope that you're saying Jesus is Jesus is inside of me. He lives in my heart. 
And if Jesus lives in your heart, then the same compassion that drove Jesus to raise Lazarus from the grave, the same compassion that drove Jesus to heal the leper, the same compassion that drove Jesus to to heal the blind man, the same compassion lives in you. Somebody say amen. The same compassion that drove Jesus to perform a miracle is the same compassion that is flowing through your veins because you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. So right now, I just want to take a moment and I want to, I want to have a moment of stillness. Um, I'm, go- I'm going to be quiet for a few minutes and you're going to hear the background music. And I want you to just allow God to speak to you. I want you to take a few moments, do the Sea of Galilee walk. I want you to take the time it takes to ask God to instill in you the driving force of compassion. Okay, so so I'm, I'm going to quiet down now. And I want you to take that walk, sit on a bench, whatever you have to do. We're going to get into God's presence. We're going to spend a few minutes here. I'm probably going to give us uh, between three and five minutes just to be in God's presence. And I'm going to stay quiet. I'm going to let you have the music. Just seek the Lord regarding compassion for the next few minutes.
and start bringing yourself back. It's good to spend a few moments like that in the presence of God. And I hope that you're making a practice of that outside of these lessons, just to, just to be still for a few moments. In Romans 10, verses 6 through 8, Paul says that the righteousness which is of faith says the word is nigh to thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. And it's really important for us to understand that the word is first and foremost in our mouths and then in our heart. And so God's word, it, it comes into your heart. It becomes part of you as you speak it. And as we're driven by compassion for others, we can lay hands on the sick and see them be well. But know this. It's okay to be driven by compassion for others. It's great to be driven by compassion for others. But you have to also understand that Jesus is driven by compassion for you. He wants you to be well. He wants you to receive that miracle that you've been waiting for. He wants you to receive that healing. He wants you to receive that that spiritual gift that you've been on the hunt for. And he is driven by compassion to make it so. That's that's what I want you to take away. So receive this prayer as we close. Lord Jesus, right now, I thank you for the time that we've spent tonight in your presence. I thank you, Lord God, that we can come into your presence at any time. Father, just by simply whispering the name of Jesus, hallelujah, it brings us in to your presence. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray a blessing upon my brothers and my sisters that they would feel your compassion that drives them. I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus for each one that is waiting on a miracle that they would each recognize that you are driven with compassion toward them. And Father, may they say this aloud right now in the name of Jesus, standing on faith, I receive it. Repeat that. No matter what it is that you are waiting for, repeat that out loud by all faith within you. I receive it. Hallelujah. Say it again. I receive it. Hallelujah. Say it one more time. I receive it. Hallelujah. Praise your blessed name, Father. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this time. We thank you for being driven by compassion for us. We thank you, Lord God, that that we can come and be with you. And we thank you, Lord God, for coming and being with us. Sustain us, Lord God, until we meet again. In the name of Christ Most High and all God's children said, Amen. So go out with compassion, folks. Let the power of the Holy Ghost be present with you in the days to come. God bless you all and take care.